0: Hey, I'm David Goldberg, here with Sarah McGoldrick, and welcome to the first ever episode of Media Gold, a podcast by the Gold Clover Group.
1: Each week, we examine the top news stories through a digital marketing lens to help you improve your own communication strategy and effectively reach your audience.
0: Let's start with back to school because it's dominating every news feed and social media feed out there right now. You can't scroll through Facebook or Reddit without seeing teachers posting pictures of their overcrowded classrooms and trying to draw awareness to this really important health issue and education issue. Um, You're hearing things every day kind of spiraling out of control. More parents wanting to keep their kids in online learning last minute, pushing start dates of school back, uh, not being able to find enough bus drivers to even get the kids to school in the first place. Um, You know, One post that really stood out with me that I saw on Twitter this week was from a teacher. His name is James Griffith. And he wrote, posted a picture of all his desks crowded together in his classroom. He wrote, I managed to squeeze in 34 desks. There's no distancing. There's no way it's up to fire code. But Ford Nation and Stephen Lecce say we have the best plan in the country and the lowest class sizes. Hashtag fire Lecce. Obviously, a very politically charged uh, statement they're trying to make there. And I would say that, um, you know, the. Loudest voices tend to be some of the most negative ones that news outlets are picking up on. So there's a lot of great teachers out there, but I would argue that these teachers that are posting these really negative things, it's actually can be kind of an ineffective strategy because people are aware of these issues. Um, You know, they're aware of the parameters that teachers are dealing with, the overcrowding in classrooms, and it makes it impossible to physically distance um, with that two meter measurement that's been... You know, drilled into our brains since day one of the pandemic.
1: Yeah, I agree, and I think the uh, th- the problem too is th- the direction of the communication is very confusing to both the students and the parents. No one really knows who they're supposed to be listening to. Who is the the guiding the guiding light in this case? Are we getting direction from the health officials? Are we getting direction from the government? Are we getting direction from the school boards? And in reality, in most cases, this is very top down. So the health officials are telling the government to tell the school boards. The school boards are telling the parents. But every day we get a new update, a new you know media event, and parents are are watching these and are just so confused because the clear communication is is, is not happening.
0: Yeah. And I think it's also a question of what platform you're using to talk to people on, uh, you know, I've talked to one teacher who says that parents love engagement on social media and in most cases prefer to get those communications there. But is it fair to say that every official communication should come through a Facebook post as opposed to an email from say the school principal so you're right. There's a lot of different information coming from a lot of different sources on a lot of different platforms. So I and guess I think what we're-
1: the uh, the school boards have to be cognizant of the fact that you know they're pushing online learning, which is, is we saw during the pandemic itself and everyone was in lockdown that uh, it, it does work. But a lot of students don't have access to those social media tools. Uh, those. You know online tools so there needs to be a multi-pronged approach to how they're communicating with students and it needs to be very clear that that message is reaching the parents it's reaching the students and that there's no confusion
0: yeah and for the kids learning at home they have to be aware that these parents in most cases are also working full-time jobs and then just to also be on top of these kids to making sure they're checking into their zoom classes and doing their online learning Uh, it's a lot to juggle. So I think it's responsibility for these teachers to make it as easy to handle as possible. So I guess we can talk about some, you know, effective communication strategies uh, that we think, you know, schools and teachers and parents can use um, to put a positive outlook on things and just kind of answer those questions that they know parents are asking. And, and also the kids are asking, uh, Sarah, you were telling me you're reading about, um, you know, how kids need certainty and they need to see these adults have strong convictions when we're dealing with a pandemic.
1: Yeah. I saw a a recent study where, um, they talked about how, in times of confusion and stress, which COVID absolutely is for everybody, uh, children look to someone who's who's demonstrating clarity, who's demonstrating calmness, and then they feel calm. If parents and teachers and officials are, you know, all getting wound up, and, you know, you can't blame them. Everybody is stressed out. But if if that's the face you're putting on this situation – The children are watching, and they're looking to us to lead by example, to be their guide through all of this, and we need to put on a a calm, concise, clear um, face and message so that everybody understands what role they need to be playing right now in the back-to-school situation.
0: Yeah, let me just use a quick uh, personal example. It's like with my one-year-old daughter. She's just learning to walk right now, and obviously, there's a lot of falls on her butt. And if she falls on her butt, she always, you know, looks around for a second to see how we react before she reacts. And if we're all like freaking out and worried about her, then she'll start bawling, even though she's not hurt. But if we just say, "Oh, you're fine. Get up. You're good," and then she just laughs it off and she's on her way. So, gotta lead by example.
1: Exactly. So I think it's really important that as this goes on and it sounds like this is this is going to be the new norm as they keep saying that we need to work together as parents, as teachers, as family members, as grandparents, as officials to to understand what each of our roles are and create a scenario where everyone understands what's going on, and is getting the message in the right way.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk about um, some of these strategies uh, that we've come up with um, and just pointing to uh, real-life examples of what's how some people have been using, uh, first of all, social media to encourage kids and parents that things are going to be Okay. Um, you know, I saw this one video for kindergartners that the teacher did. So, you know, usually you would have the days where the kids come in and they meet the teacher, but they're not necessarily doing that right now. So the teacher did was she made her Facebook video that the kid could watch at home with the parent. And she said, hi, I'm your teacher for the year, Mrs. Whatever. And, you know, this is what I look like with a mask on and this is what I look like with a mask off. So you don't want to be scared. And this is what your classroom looks like if you ever do come in during the year. Um, So just trying to give those virtual tours and virtual introductions as much as possible just puts a, a human face on a teacher, even though you're in a virtual situation.
1: And I, and I don't blame the teachers either for uh, showing images of what their classrooms look like. You, you said earlier that, you know, teachers are posting pictures. They've got 34 desks in a classroom where everyone is supposed to be six feet apart. And I think it's important that the teachers use whatever tools are available to them to show the public what the situation is. Because, again, the public is getting mixed messages as well. They want to support teachers. They want to support the kids and they want to support um, the government during this time, um, no matter what stripe you are. And if they're getting, you know, messages from the teachers saying, hey, something's not right here from a health perspective. We're really worried that your kids aren't aren't going to be taken care of in the best way, then they need to put that out there because it's very easy for governments to You know, do the the dog and pony show and say, hey, everything's fine. But that's very scripted. We've both worked in journalism. We know a lot of things are staged. It's all made to look very nice. And sometimes the reality just isn't there. So the teachers using their social media platforms to get that message out there, you know, that my classroom may not be as safe as, as you would like it to be. Um, or as safe as the LCBO exactly. <laughs> um, then then that's a good thing as long as they do it in a, in a calm and very matter of fact way um, so that teachers parents, government officials and the media itself who then take these messages and, and put them out there to a broader audience are all, are all on the same page, are all seeing the same thing and not getting mixed messages so the teacher puts that picture out there my classroom's not the way it should be, the parents go, hey, local school board, local officials, something needs to change.
0: And, uh, you know, something else uh, that I saw that was really good was, uh, again, back to answering the questions that you know, parents uh, and kids are going to ask, and one of them was, you know, how is my kid going to hear the teacher in the classroom if they're wearing a mask? Uh, we've all been to that awkward uh, interaction at Tim Hortons where you have to talk somebody through a piece of plexiglass and you're each wearing a mask and there's a lot of back and forth. But um, so, uh, you know, if you, although a lot of teachers have been instituting like using a microphone hooked to a Bluetooth speaker in their classroom. So just showing off those things that you're trying to put effort into to making the learning experience uh, as best possible for everybody involved.
1: And I think in a way of communicating this to parents, again, don't, don't leave it up to the student to go home and tell the parent that this is what the teacher is doing. The school should be communicating this message from day one that these practices have been put in place And, you know, we're putting in every effort possible to make this experience as positive on the kids as possible and to use the tools that are available to them. Because every school now has websites. They have their own individual websites. They have their own individual uh, group chats among the students, among the parents. They have social media available to them, Facebook pages, Twitter pages. Uh, Some schools even have YouTube now. They need to communicate in as many different ways as possible. And even if they feel like they're repeating themselves, again, they have to understand that not every student has access to the same uh, media tools. So not every student has access to Facebook. Not every student has access to YouTube. Not every student has access to email. So in some cases, they're going to have to go back to old-fashioned printed newsletters that we used to get as kids. And they need to tell the parents in a very straightforward manner that this is what we're doing. If you have any concerns, reach out to us. And they have to be willing to listen. And I know teachers and school officials are going to be extremely overwhelmed with concerned parents, concerned students, uh, and family members. You know, there's lots of grandparents out there who are just as upset and just as confused. So they need to be willing to talk and listen and communicate and use and understand these tools as well. So you can't set up a school Facebook page and not understand how to use it and not and, and ignore it. If someone puts a message out there that they're concerned, that they're worried, then the schools have to respond. They can't just leave it out there because then you're going to have parents who will pull their kids out of school again or or turn to the school board and, and raise all kinds of questions. So we really need to use the tools available to us to keep that line of communication open.
0: Yeah. You have to keep the conversation going. Should be responding to every comment you get, obviously, unless it's uh, abusive or something, but you know, parents just really want to engage in a dialogue and they're not going to call the main office. So this is the way we do things these days. Um, And definitely with so much important information coming out, especially in the likelihood that, you know, there is a COVID outbreak at a school, um, making sure that, you know, one person is overseeing the specific message that's going out on platforms because you don't want it just happening on Facebook and Twitter and then somebody forgets to send out the, uh, you know, the email blast to everybody. Cause like you said, it's about access to all the different platforms.
1: And I think too, uh, what's being forgotten is the students themselves. All have access to these platforms too. Uh, they have Facebook pages. They have TikTok. They have Snapchat. They can take pictures of of the situation that they're being thrown into, and if it's not positive, then they will they will put it out there. You know, the school can be saying one thing, but a child can be saying something completely different. So it's important that again, the communication be clear that the imagery that's being used, the messages that are going out are clear that nothing's being hidden because the students have the power themselves. When we were young, we didn't have social media. It didn't exist. Um, So we couldn't, you know, take pictures or say, you know, this is what's going on in our classroom right now. Kids today can. So schools and Government officials need to understand that whatever they say, whatever they put out there, the kids the kids are, are going to be able to discredit them or show that it isn't true if they're not being 100% honest about what's going on.
0: Yeah, kids are more uh, technologically adept than ever. They're also smarter than ever before. So if you make a mistake or try and sweep something under the rug, they're definitely going to call you out on it. So, just to summarize uh, for today, uh, we're talking about the importance of using clarity and honesty and all the tools available. So that's your, you know, email, all forms of social media, making sure your message is always concise and uniform across all platforms. Uh, and mostly of all, we just want to commend uh, all the teachers uh, and all the people that work in all the schools across the country. Uh, you know, you're doing an amazing job. Uh, the last six months, and even heading into this new school year. Uh, as everybody always says, it's unprecedented times. It's something you could have never trained for, and you're doing a great service to everybody. So thank you so much.
1: Yes, thank you so much to all the teachers for all the amazing work that you're doing and to the the school boards and the the government officials who are doing their best given the circumstance we're dealing with in creating a a positive learning environment in a very difficult time. Thank you so much for listening. Join us every Wednesday wherever you catch your podcasts.